0: On fire, baby, you can turn into center and smoke. Cause the house is mighty cold. Wearing, to go. welcome back to another episode of the tide salt podcast uh stacy blackwood here with jack thomas and we're, we're honored to be joined by clint lamb uh, hey. of the bama beat podcast uh we look forward to hearing from him tonight and uh, kind of what he's got to say about the state of the Alabama football program after you know the, the devastating injury of, of tatua and just kind of what's next for the team and you know, with that, uh, I wanna give things off to Jake real quick and kind of kinda see if what his questions are right now for, for Clint, if he has anything he wants to discuss before we kind of dive in and into the two injury and you know, kind of what's next.
1: Hey, Clint, uh, good to have you tonight, man. Um how how confident are you in uh Matt Jones to lead this team? Uh, me and Stacy, we've said all year, uh if something devastating happened to it, which we hope it wouldn't, but it, it has, we felt like he could lead us. You know, to a potentially an SEC championship game, we're not going to make it there. But do you feel confident he can lead us past Auburn, you know, in a couple of weeks?
2: I certainly think it's possible. And I'll tell you why. Um, I don't think uh, a Mac Jones led offense with weapons that he's going to have around him in the offensive line and the run game that's really come on, um, I don't think it's a whole lot different than, than a Jake Fromm led Georgia offense. And, you know, in comparison, Alabama's going to have to go on the road just like Georgia did. But, um, of course, Georgia's defense is a lot better, but Auburn's offense is so limited uh, in what they're they're doing right now. And especially uh, now that Joey Gatewood is no longer with the program, I think that them not having the depth the quarterback position has really uh, limited what Gus Malzahn is willing to ask of a guy like Bo Nix. Uh, and, and that conservative style has really limited an already limited offense, right? So Right. i think that that's pretty important uh for alabama's chances the thing about mac jones is any anytime that he's been really given any sort of opportunity um whether it be in the spring practices whether it be in the 8a games the last couple of years scrimmages in the fall that we weren't able to get our eyes on um he seemed to perform really well and i think that for whatever reason people get attached especially at a place like alabama um to the stars next to a guy's name and Mac Jones was a four-star recruit, um, but he wasn't, you know, I think a couple of recruiting services had him as a three-star, and he wasn't obviously as highly regarded as other quarterback prospects that are on the roster. And I think that a lot of people just negatively have looked at him in a negative light. As a result of that, it's been hard to kind of overcome for him. But, you know, he looked fantastic uh, against Arkansas. Obviously, you can't take away a ton from that um, outside of the fact that he can certainly get the job done against weaker opponents. you know, the the game against Tennessee in the second half. And then, of course, when Tua got hurt this past week, um, him coming in, I think those were some extreme circumstances. Um, and I don't feel like people – people don't realize that it's not always the Jalen Hurts in the second half of, of the SEC championship or the Tua Tungvaloa in the second half of the, the national championships against Georgia. Those, are, those don't always happen where a quarterback can come off the bench and just, you know, shred a defense – and I think that sometimes gets in the way uh, the way people look at, um, you know, especially for Alabama fans, the backup quarterback position. But I think Mac has done an excellent job of what he's been asked to do. I like what Steve Sarkeesian has done for him um, when he was starting with the uh, against the Arkansas Razorbacks. It just it'll be interesting to see with the West Carolina game. You know, you want to get him live game reps. You want to see how he does with that. Um, you know, but really you can't take away a whole lot from that performance either. It's this, and I've compared it already on the Bama Beat podcast that we recorded earlier this week. Um, You know, I compare it to a guy like Ron Helensky, who his first start was against Charleston Southern earlier in the season. And even though he looked absolutely fantastic, there was really not a lot that you could take away from that performance. And it was really trying to see what he was going to have to do against a formidable defense, or at least that's what we thought at the time. Um, and and he performed you know quite well, and I, and I would expect something similar from Mac Jones. They're not the same quarterback. I'm not saying that they are, but it's just a similar situation where you know sometimes these these really standout performers in these games against lesser teams that translates to where they can at least get the job done against the Auburns and and the better teams in the SEC.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree, and that's that's kind of what Jake and myself have been. Saying all year long, if, if in the event that something did happen to Tua, that that it's not like I mean Mac Jones is not on scholarship at Alabama because he can't throw a football. You know, what I mean he's he's right. there for a reason. He he wasn't offered a scholarship right. for nothing. So, uh, and and the the other thing is like you mentioned, the talent around him is 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 going to help him tremendously. So, you you kind of have the same thoughts on Mac that we do, and uh you know it's the the biggest thing to me is that it's, it's a lot, I don't say e- it's easier for a quarterback to come in and start the game. You know, when you prepare as the starter the whole week, I know they say you're supposed to prepare like you're the starter, you know, every game, but it's different when you are the guy and instead of when you're just, you know, thrown into the game because of an injury. So it's, and you, you seen when he had a week to prepare and like you said, it was Arkansas, but he, he, he performed and he, you know, he took care of Arkansas like he should have took care of Arkansas. So, uh i expect that you know to happen this weekend as well against western carolina uh they're they're not very good at all uh so uh i i, I we kind of have the same feelings about about mac jones but before we kind of get get moved on I, d- I do want you know you you talked about too on on your podcast and we we want to encourage everybody to listen to the bama beat podcast subscribe to that uh but uh you know just w- what's your you know, I guess, favorite memory of Tua, you know, besides the, the second 26? You know, what, what kind of stands out to you most about, about Tua?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing for me um, is, and he's continuing to show this off the field every bit as much as he has on the field, um, and it's a personality trait that I do, do not think gets enough credit. Um, but when it comes to the way that he approached the game and the way that he approaches life, he's always looking for what can go right. Even in the face of of this sort of adversity that he's facing right now, you see him dancing in the hospital bed. You see him, you know, cheering Nick Saban up, or you hear about him cheering Nick Saban up when when Saban was trying to hear, uh, cheer him up. It's things like that, um, but you could see it in the way that he plays the game. And I think that was the biggest, um, you know, difference a couple of years ago between a guy like Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts is when Hurts was the starter during that first season that they were together. Um, it just seemed like. Jalen was looking for everything that could go wrong. He was worried about the things that could go wrong and it was hindering the offense. It was hindering his performance. He was scared to make a mistake. I um, mean, he, yep. w- he wasn't throwing a whole lot of interceptions, but you know, the, the limited turnovers sometimes the approach means that it's also coming with a limited offense. and That's exactly what we saw two of steps on the field um, and his limited opportunities during that season. Or, you know, he, I know that he got a lot of work in the second half of games, but, Anytime he step on the field, you just saw a guy. that was believed that he could do literally anything he wanted to on a football field, and and from the very you know imagining this guy was playing high school football only you know less than a year before that was just incredible to me. Um, and, and so ever since then, and I think the lower body injuries last season, I think the the worry and concern as they've continued to kind of mount up this season as well. Um, You know, I think he kind of focused on those, and he lost a little bit of that magic. And it's not, you know, it's understandable. Um, It's nothing. It's not not a knock on him in any way. But it's hard for him to be focusing on everything that can go right on the football field when you're you're worried about someone getting rolled up on your ankle, or you know, um, all the different injuries they dealt with a knee injury um, and things like that. And I think it, you know, kind of took a toll on him. And he was starting to get that magic back this season, Um, and then of course the injury happened against Tennessee and, and seeing him out there against LSU, it, you know, he, he performed just fine, but you could just tell, um, he was, you know, there, there was, he didn't, he seem wasn't to, to it. Right. There was something <laughs> I remember sitting up in the press box and thinking to myself, you know, he, he's playing great. He, you know, the throws, obviously when he's making the throws, there's nothing wrong with that. It just, I, and the only way that I can describe it is the magic. He didn't right. just seem, he didn't seem to have that. And I can completely understand that he was coming off of ankle surgery he had dealt with a lot of injuries, um, and we, of course, saw what happened against Mississippi State. But um, a very unfortunate situation. But I will always remember him for that guy, uh, you know. And we're over here talking about memories and stuff. It, we kind of talk about him like he's dead, and he's right, um, <laughs> you know. And I have to remind myself of that. But at the same time, I've compared it to people. People have been like, "I don't understand why Alabama fans are are reacting this way." I mean, the guy's not dead, and and while that's an accurate statement, I like to tell people. You know, it's kind of like it's more so. it's not a death in the family or something of that caliber. It's more of a breakup where that person's still walking the earth, but there's this feeling of loss because you have all these memories, and uh, they were such a sense of joy, um, a, a reason for joy in your life that when they're no longer there, that can cause a lot of anxiety when people go through breakups and stuff. It's kind of similar. Um, yeah, as much joy as to a Tulo provided Alabama fans they have this feeling of loss um, because they're never going to get to see him, at least we don't think, um, you know, running around the football field throwing touchdown passes for Alabama. And so, you know, the the reaction, at least to me, whether that be overly emotional, uh, people have had a lot of hot takes criticizing Saban, um, you know, any sort of reaction that was overly emotional, I could completely understand because of just the the magnitude of what he meant to the Alabama program. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. you know i I think I compared it to uh and this is a little it was a little over the top and but you mentioned you know you can it's understandable it it was like losing a a family member without being able to say goodbye because it's we we didn't get to you know have that fair you know that send off you know send him off in the right way you know his last home game and or you know something like that it just it just felt like it's unfinished you know and it, he didn't get to finish what he started and it just I don't know. It's just kind of. It's really heartbreaking, you know. Really for for him more than for us because he didn't get to finish what he what he set out to do this season, and uh, you know he wished he could have you know helped try to lead this team you know back to the college football playoff and and you know maybe another national championship. But you know and that you know that could still happen for the team, but but without two, it just doesn't seem the same. And right, uh, I, I think I think the the reason it's you know, people felt that connection to Tua was because of the, because of his personality. He has, he's always got that smile. He's, he's, you know, very, he's, he's, he's charismatic. He just, I I don't know. He's just, he's a special guy. You know, I don't know him personally, but you feel like you know him because of the way he acts and uh, you know, he'll definitely, if he, if he does indeed go to the NFL draft, which I'm, you know, pretty sure he will. Uh, it, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's hard to let somebody go like that. You know, when you didn't, he didn't get the right send off is what I'm trying to get to and uh, really going to miss him and, you know, really hope that he can recover well and, and get better. And, you know, Jake, do you have anything you want to add on to it before we move on to something else?
1: Yeah. One of my, my fondest memories of him was uh, that, that spin. I think it was against Vanderbilt. He, he spun out of a tackle and, and and threw it up and i think it was a wide open jared judy in the end zone man i i mean that was kind of i hate to say it was kind of shades of what uh johnny manziel did to us but i was glad we was on the good end of it uh that go around but yeah you know he was he was just in a you know a great teammate and uh, like like y'all said he's um he's very charismatic he uh he's still in good spirits uh i think y'all i'm sure y'all seen what uh Saban said in his press conference uh you know, Saban said he called to cheer Tua up, and and Tua actually cheered cheer uh, Saban up, and uh, he told him that he's ready to get back home to, you know, to watch the team play this uh, this Saturday. So, you know, he he loves he loves his team. He loves his. Uh, I think he called him his family. So, you know, like you know, like y'all said, it's kind of like a breakup from a family member. That you know, we, I'm just glad that we got to enjoy Tua while he was here and while he played. Well, I think one of the big things about Tua
2: that is that really is just set them apart. A, I don't think we'll ever see a relationship quite this the, as similar a, as what it was between Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts. I think number one, you have one starting quarterback position, which already makes the you know the starting quarterback different than most other positions. Right. Um, you know, and I, the fact that they were both so selfless with each other and they cared for each other the way they did that will forever leave a mark on Alabama fans when it comes to both Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavalowa. And then the other thing too, um, is just, you know, Alabama fans haven't gotten a chance to see one of their own quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, being a starter and making an impact and and everybody has just, you know, kind of put um Tua tonga Tungabaloa up there. He's he was obviously probably gonna be the number one pick in the draft. We don't know where he's gonna end up now, but surely Um, You know, based off of the way people are talking is probably still going to be a first round pick, hopefully, if he chooses to come out. But, you know, wherever he ends up, because it's the state of Alabama and there's no NFL team in the state, there are going to be certain Bama fans who already have a team. But I think everybody's pretty unified in the fact that, you know, regardless of where he ends up, you know, that that NFL franchise is getting a whole new group. Of, uh, of football fans. And that's all the right. fans that are wanting to keep up with too. And so I just think that that sort of connection is something that we haven't seen in forever. AJ McCann would be the best example of as close as Alabama fans have gotten, but he yeah. ended up going to a team that I don't frankly think a lot of fans are, are a huge fan of in the Cincinnati Bengals. And then of course, right. um, you know, he was a fifth round pick. He wasn't a guy that, you know, you people were hoping that he could end up developing into a starter later on down the road. But Everybody was expecting to to be able to step on an NFL field and make an impact pretty much from day one. So I think that that just uh, him being that total package type of player on top of those factors really set him apart from anything we've ever seen with an Alabama quarterback.
0: Yeah, that's you know you're you're exactly right. I think that I mean I'm trying to remember the last quarterback besides AJ McCarron. I mean I'm, I know Greg McElroy like started one game for the Jets, but. You know, other than that, there's there hasn't been a you know a true NFL starter at the quarterback position you know from Alabama in a long time. So, you know, I think I think you know Alabama fans want to you know want to have it. You know, I think right now mostly it's the Falcons because of Julio and you know and their you know geography or you know they're close to us. So that's that's another reason. But you know they they they're looking for a team to root for, and I think the team that Tua goes to, I think you said they're going to pick up a a large fan base simply because of, of kind of the personality that Tua has and, and the relationship that he has, uh, you know, with the university of Alabama and, you know, the impact that he had on the university. So that's obviously something to look forward to. And, you know, he's got to recover before that. And we hope he, he has a real speedy recovery, obviously. And from all indications, you know, the surgery went well and, uh, you know, we look forward to uh, kind of getting updates on that. Uh, you know, Clint, we before we let you go, Clint, I do want to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, the the, the college football playoff committee. They kept Alabama at five. Do you do you still see a,
2: a path for Alabama to get into the college football playoff? I do. I think that there's still a ton of football left to be played, and there's a lot that can change and will change. And I think that, you know, while it's great for Alabama that they're currently still sitting in a position where, they're within striking distance as long as LSU takes care of business against Georgia um, in the SEC championship. You know, it, it is still possible that a team like Oregon, um, maybe even Oklahoma, uh, I did find it interesting that they, despite that comeback win against Baylor, which I guess, you know, when you compare that, they were double-digit favorites at the end of that game, so the fact they had to come back from 28-3 um, in that game, I mean, that could have played actually negatively in the committee's um, at least from their perspective. But, you know, I, I think what's interesting, what's been taken away from Alabama in comparison uh, to to having Tua Valoa on your squad and healthy is when you were getting down to deciding who that fourth team was going to be, as long as nothing substantial happened in any given direction, um, you know, something like Georgia beating LSU in the SEC championship, obviously that means that if there's a one-loss SEC team that's not Georgia – Getting in in that scenario, it would have been LSU. But you know, outside of something like that, when you're talking about Alabama having a chance to get that number four spot, I think it was important uh, to have two aton below because the committee. You know, if you take a step back, uh, if you're a committee member and you're really trying to figure out, okay, you know, let's talk, let's get rid of wins and losses and, and some of this other stuff. Let's really try to figure out who the best four teams in college football are. It would be very hard to have watched that comeback in the second half against LSU. After a first half of, of, you know, LSU played great from start to finish. And your championship caliber teams, they don't make the kind of mistakes that Alabama did in the first half. But you also have to sit there and say there was some self-inflicted stuff. The, uh, the fumble from Tua Tungvaloa, the drop punt from uh, Ty Piran, you know, that, that ended up playing some sort of part. And I, I think LSU was a better team. I do not think at any point in that game there were 20 points better than Alabama. I think right. some of it was uh, self-inflicted, and that's what created that large gap. Um, but you watched them come back in the second half and the things they were able to do, especially offensively, and you could argue they were one of the best four teams in college football. Now you've got to ask yourself that same question, but with Matt Jones being the starting quarterback. And so I think that potentially um, that could hurt them. It's going to all depend. But uh, the hope would be that Matt Jones is able to come out against Auburn he can't just have a, a decent performance and Alabama win close. I think Alabama has to win big and I think he has to be fantastic in the game to give the committee confidence um and, and going with a team like Alabama in comparison to an Oregon or a uh or an Oklahoma or maybe one of these other teams, Utah, you know, whoever it ends up being. But yeah, it will be really interesting. Um I thought it was very telling that they still had Oklahoma as far down as they did. Uh, The fact that Minnesota only dropped to number 10, that kind of told me a little bit about what the committee thinks about them. If they end up beating Ohio State in the uh, uh, Big Ten championship, you're talking about a one loss Ohio State that Alabama's got to battle with for that fourth spot. So there's a lot of scenarios where Alabama gets left out, and I would say at this point there's a lot more scenarios where Alabama gets left out. But uh, there's certainly still a chance, and um, while I don't think we're going to be able to take away too much from this game against Western Carolina. Um, Really the only way that we could take away anything or the committee could take away anything against Western Carolina would be if Alabama played bad. Um, And then, of course, that would negatively affect them. But it doesn't matter how good they play. That's not going to get them any brownie points with the committee. It's all going to come down to that Auburn game being on the road. And so I think that it was good for Alabama that Auburn remained a top 15 team. Uh, they should be able to get the job done next week against, I forget who they're playing, but it's, you know, Western Carolina. San, Sanford, I believe. Yes, which are, they are actually quite a bit better um, than Western Carolina. I think they <laughs> they beat up on uh, Western Carolina yeah, last week. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, that's a little bit tougher of a test, but it's still Auburn should be able to get that job done quite easily. And and so I, they, it should be a matchup between – you know number 5 Alabama or number 6 whatever they end up being next Tuesday versus a top 15 team in Auburn which should be able to help them uh, in at least in the eyes of the committee.
0: Yeah, and like you said there's a lot of football to play. I mean, Ohio State and Penn State still play uh most likely Minnesota's going to play Ohio State, so you know, there's going to be uh <laughs> some some more chaos. There always is this time of the year, so Like you said, there's a lot
1: to look forward to and a lot can happen. Uh, Jake, you got anything else for Clint? Um, No, we appreciate you coming on, Clint. Um, By the way, guys, uh, the basketball team did uh, win tonight, so uh, that's a good win for uh, Oates and company.
2: Yeah, it's a fantastic – you know, I think Nate Oates is going to end up doing a fantastic job at Alabama. It's just going to take time. And I know that with where people have seen the Alabama basketball program the last several years – they're tired of waiting. It's kind of like Tennessee in their football program
1: right. um, in,
2: a, in a lot of ways. But I think that just like Tennessee with Jeremy Pruitt, I think all of them's got the right guy in place. They just got to give him a little bit of time and let, uh, and let him kind of do his thing and build the program. I think they should be a, uh, a tournament contender, you know, year in and year out. Yeah. yeah I, can, def- I, I definitely mean.
0: think Nate Oates is the guy for the job. It's He don't really have, have the guys that he needs uh, for his system at this moment. But uh he 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 uh, he landed a, a four star recruit yesterday. So mm-hmm. you know he's he he he's building and like you said, he just needs a little time and uh I, I believe like you said, he's the right man for the job, much like Pruitt is uh at Tennessee. And you know, not to talk Tennessee, but they they a lot of people were bailing on Pruitt for the way the season started, but he's he's turned that thing around so far and it looks like they're probably gonna be bowl eligible this season. So uh
2: I think Pruitt Unfortunately, has Tennessee going in the right direction. Right. And, and that, you know, I, I'm sure once it actually ends up happening, some Alabama fans will be kind of uh, upset about it. But I think it's great for the rivalry. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's great for, you know, if Tennessee was where they needed to be as far as being a football program, that's another quality win for Alabama when it comes to these playoff committee things. So, that's true. you know, you know so, so as far as any team that Alabama's playing uh, year in and year out, you know, from, from a competitive standpoint and just being excited about the game, uh, it's better when that opponent is a lot better. And then, of course, when it comes to, to getting quality wins, which is Alabama's just in a situation this year where it doesn't look like they're going to have very many. So hopefully uh, Pruitt can be that guy and help get that Tennessee program back on track to make it, you know, a rivalry again, I guess you'd say.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, it, it definitely hasn't been one the past 12 years, so. Uh, but I, we do, I think we all can agree that Pruitt, uh, looks like he's, he's turning that thing around and, uh, they have a chance to, to be, you know, pretty good next season. But, uh,
1: if that Phil just leave him alone.
0: <laughs> but anyways, Hey Clint, we really appreciate you hopping on with us tonight and, uh, taking yeah, time on the podcast. And, uh, once you let everybody know where they can, where they can follow you at and, uh, you know, let them know about your podcast, uh, and,
2: you know, how they can keep in touch with you. Yeah, well, first of all, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I always enjoy talking football, especially Alabama football, so definitely appreciate that. Um, for anybody that wants to go follow me, you can follow the personal Twitter account, Clint R. Lamb, um, if you're wanting to kind of follow my written work. I do a lot of – I'm the managing editor for Roll Tidewire through USA Today Sports, um, and of course, you know, Roll Tidewire is the Twitter handle for that. And then, of course, uh, check out the Bama Beat. I know that these guys that you're listening to right now do a fantastic job. Uh, if you're looking for some different or you know just more Alabama content, me and Cecil Hurt, uh, Hunter Johnson, a lot of Bama fans probably know him. And then, of course, the new beat writer for ToddSports.com, Brett Hudson, all four of us kind of mix and match on there to kind of give you guys the best content possible. So definitely go subscribe to that and, uh, and give it a listen. And once again, guys, I really appreciate you guys having me on tonight.
0: All right, thank Clint. Hey, we, we appreciate yeah. it. Y'all have a good one. Yeah. So we just want to thank Clint Lamb for, for jumping on with us tonight, and uh, we really enjoyed his his thoughts on the on the team and and on Tua, and you know, kind of what Tua has meant to the Alabama football program and to the Alabama fans. Yes. So we, we we appreciate his time, and uh, we hope y'all enjoyed it. Me and Jake had a good time, and uh, Jake, you have anything? Uh, you want to add before we before we head on out.
1: Yeah, um everybody knows that uh, you know Danny uh at Bama, Bama Card uh, Cards Pack, he's uh he's our nearest host, but uh apparently he wasn't able to make it tonight. We missed him, but uh we'll get him on the next on the next go around. Yeah, uh, and and make sure y'all say a
0: prayer for Danny. Uh he, he had an yeah. injury at work and uh, as most of y'all probably know he, he put it on Twitter earlier today. So y'all just keep Danny in your prayers. I'm sure he's in some pain, and uh, just hope he gets better soon. And hope you know there's no significant damage to it, to his eye after the the accident at work. So y'all just y'all just remember Danny. Uh, make sure you follow our podcast. Make sure you follow Danny. Like Jake said, he is at Bama Carts Pack. I am at Blackwood eighty nine,
1: and I'm at
0: Jake Thomas Tide. Yeah. So give us give us all three of us a follow. Uh, you know, give us some feedback. Uh, you know. Follow our our uh, Tide Talk Twitter page at Tide Talk underscore Pod. Uh, use the hashtag Tide Talk. You know, give us a listen. Uh, subscribe to us on on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Uh, Anchor, they're, yeah. Anchor, they're it, it's all over the place. So uh, just
1: make sure you, you subscribe to us. Give us a review. We appreciate all the support. And, and uh, we we'll got, talk. We uh, we got some uh, guests lined up uh, for the future as well. So. Uh, uh, continue tuning in yeah yeah make sure you tune in
0: we we we're trying to get more guests on uh we know everybody enjoys the extra voice and extra opinion so uh we want to bring bring the listeners what they want so uh we're going to have more guests in the future uh but with that i think that's all we got tonight so uh, y'all have a good evening and roll tide
1: roll tide